All right, guys. Uh, this is Lance, and I'm with Brian. What's going so, on, man? <laughs> not much. This is a uh, a new thing that we're starting. I, I think I think we learned about this show. Actually, I guess we could both talk about how we learned about it. I I knew it was on, but I've always been a I refuse to watch network TV type guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think when Bede and Marcy were on, they finally told us about this show called uh, Hannibal. And uh, had asked if we'd ever watched it before. What uh, I had never seen a single episode, Brian, um, before we decided to take on this endeavor. What about you? Um, I had originally, I've only seen the first, I believe, two seasons. And uh, with, the, with that, I was uh, day one when the first episode dropped. Okay. Because uh, it, it looked, when I seen the trailer, it looked very well made i like mads mickelson and i just thought you know getting into hannibal lecter and the other characters i thought it would really work doing it as a series uh, as opposed to a movie and yeah i was pretty much uh, day one and i kind of kind of slipped off a little bit that's why i didn't finish the series and then when it got canceled i kind of just Put it on the back burner and figure out get to it when i get to it and best time seems to be now that we're we're doing this yeah make makes sense i um yeah that's that's funny man i had a similar situation with another series that uh <laughs> that the same exact uh creator or i guess showrunner on this one was involved in uh brian fuller Mm-hmm. Started out the first season of American Gods, and then I don't know what happened with that, but uh, I did watch the second season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he had anything to do with that one, from what I understand. But it was like, man, it was such a monumental drop from the qual from quality from season one to season two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started season three, and then like two or three episodes in, for whatever reason, they announced that that was going to be the final season. And I pretty much just said fuck it because first, first you lost uh, Brian Fuller, and then I know a lot of the actors started jumping ship for different reasons, and apparently there was a lot of strife on set. <laughs> mm. You heard it, heard heard about any of that? Yeah, uh, it's kind of like uh, The Walking Dead, like mm-hmm. when uh, Frank Darabont left. Uh, the one of the I, I know one of the actors. I, I can't think of his character's name. Uh, he um, asked. Oh shit! I'm sorry, Herschel. You talking about the guy who played Herschel, right? No, it was a different actor. Uh, who was the one with the the he he had the camper in the first two seasons? Oh fuck! <laughs> it's, you know what, man? I'm I'm actually watching season eleven just because oh, okay. I have to finish it out. I I couldn't I couldn't even tell you, man. Yeah, he he's an actor that he's close with Frank Darabont, and I remember. Uh, when Frank Darabont left after the second, uh, during, the, I don't know if it was the first or second season, but I guess he asked for his character to be killed off because he, <laughs> he, he didn't want to work with anybody else. Well, I know Orlando, Orlando Jones either got the boot or quit, and he was probably one of my two or three favorite actors like him and uh, Leave Shriver's brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pablo. Uh, yeah, there you go, Pablo. Yeah. I think those were my two favorites. So when he jumped ship and then they said, well, it's going to be canceled. I'm like, fuck it. I'm not even going to do season three, you know? 
Yeah, I think I think Orlando quit, and they tried to say they let him go, but I think he quit. Yes, mutual decision or whatever. Yeah. That one. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we're not here to talk about American Gods uh, or The Walking Dead. We're we're here to uh, do our first ever, I guess, it's our first ever Patreon exclusive show. Yep, first. Um. All right. Hopefully, more to follow, but we're going to give you guys a little aperitif as we cover. Hannibal, the series, all the way through, and we're going to start with uh, Season 1, Episode 1. So, uh, title of the uh, episode is Aperitif, and it is the first episode, I'm getting all this right out of Wikipedia, uh, of psychological thriller horror series Hannibal. The episode was written by Brian Fuller and directed by David Slade. Not David Spade, Brian? Uh, I think that would have been a completely different episode. Well, this was uh, its first broadcast on April 4th, 2013 on NBC. The series is based on characters and elements appearing in Thomas Harris's novels Red Dragon and Hannibal, with focus on the relationship between FBI investigator Will Graham, played by Hugh Dancy, and Dr. Hannibal Lecter, who, as you mentioned earlier, played by the great Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, he is a forensic psychiatrist destined to become Graham's most cunning enemy. Uh, but are they really enemies? I guess we'll find out as we as we go, right? Yeah. Um, so basic quick synopsis. This, this particular episode revolves around Will Graham, an FBI profiler who is able to sense and think like any other serial killer during a crime scene and recreate the murders. Uh, when college girls are reported to be missing and all are said to be kidnapped by the same person, Graham is rec- recruited by Special Agent Jack Crawford to help. After one of the girls shows up in her house dead, Graham and Crawford receive help from Dr. Hannibal Lecter, a psychiatrist who has been dealing with sociopaths. However, unbeknownst to Graham, Crawford, and the FBI, Lecter is a cannibal who has been who has been killing and retrieving victims in order to make them his personal meal. Um, so, Brian, what'd you think, man? Uh, I'm assuming you uh, obviously a rewatch because you said you'd seen this when it first came out, right? Mm, yes. What were your first uh, thoughts when it started? Like, um, how how did how did this thing how did it hit you? Um, I, I like how we didn't get a really a lot from Hannibal right away. We got a lot more from the the other characters in it, especially um, Will Graham. Mm-hmm. I love the whole having to walk through in his mind the crime scene, and he's seeing it as it happens, and he's able to just kind of break down everything. I, I love that how they just re, re reenact everything. Um, Lawrence Fishburne's great. Um, and man, does Mad Mickelson make cooking people look delicious because he <laughs> is just chefing it up in there. And I think, I don't know. I mean, no disrespect to, um, oh, man, I'm spacing on his name, uh, who played, uh, the original Hannibal, uh, Oh, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yes, thank you. Okay, um, gotcha. I, Mads Mickelson just kind of 
he gives him a run for his money. I, I, I like I like the way he portrays Hannibal and very smart, very cool. And um, I like the interaction between him and Will because um, uh, they, they have a little bit of interaction here and he sees something in Will that that intrigues him and he wants to get to know him and uh, all that just just made for a great first episode for me. Yeah, I was um, I I was a little bit con- uh, confused and thrown off at, at the beginning because, you know, you you had this guy going through and he was at the crime scene and it's like everything was kind of um, going backwards and in slow motion, mm-hmm. um, and then of course you know like he he I guess he th- he puts himself into the minds of the serial killer to the point where they were actually replaying how the murder went down, but kind of like showing you. From his point of view yeah and i thought that was okay so we probably got a guy that i'm assuming is a, a little bit shall we say um non-traditional in his approach to solving crimes yeah definitely. <laughs> and um i don't know i would assume that he's probably got wouldn't you think he's probably got a- asperger's syndrome or something like that yeah he's i would say on the spectrum he's and you and you can also tell that he, um, him doing this really takes a toll on his his psyche. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's pretty pretty obvious that he's he's taking it personally and, and like absorbing. Like he has to get he has to go so deep, I guess, to get into the mind of the criminal and stuff like that. That it he he lets it start to kind of eat him. It's already if it's already eaten away at him this much in the first episode, I can only imagine what's coming up. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the scene where he first met Dr. Lecter? Um, and I, I think it's important that it was on Dr. Lecter's turf. I think I think that means a lot, that he met him there rather than Lecter like showing up at the station or something like that. What do you, what, what did you what did you get out of that meeting? Um, I I can tell he because uh, what what is uh, Hannibal a psychiatrist or? Yeah, like a therapist or something like yeah. that. Like a I, forensic psychiatrist, I think is what they call him. Yeah, I, you can clearly tell that Graham doesn't want to be near a psychiatrist because he's got his guard up. Mm-hmm. And I just like the, the whole interaction because I kind of feel like they were sizing each other up mentally. Oh, okay, yeah, I can see that. And then, of course, um, it, it was kind of in, interesting the way that um, <laughs> when, when they met, you noticed that this is a guy that has a lot of class, yes. like the way that his house is decorated. And um, it, it was very polite, but like you said, also very much uh, his his ears were certainly pricked up, like he wasn't mm-hmm. going to be taken advantage of. Um, he, he knew that. Well, obviously, he knows something that we know since we know the Hannibal Lecter character that uh, that Will Graham doesn't know. But do you do you think maybe Graham is already suspecting that there's something off about this guy, or do you think that uh, he's just kind of going with the flow here? Um, if he did, I think that kind of went out the window by the end of the episode. But mm-hmm. I, I honestly think he he wasn't thinking anything because. Hannibal seems to be very in control of everything, like you said, just very neat, polite, 
it's very intelligent. Uh, you see how he keeps himself uh, as far as appearance and his office and everything is just immaculate. I, I just think he kind of portrays an image that you wouldn't think he's a, a cannibal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. The cannibal next door, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so we were talking a, a little bit about um, that opening scene where they, um, you know, he's he's recreating the crime scene in his mind. <clears throat> and you've got, like, um, the blood hitting the alarm and stuff like that. But it was doing it backwards. What do you mm-hmm. think about the way they filmed that? Because you, you got to realize this was network TV. And this was, uh, what, about seven or eight years ago. So do you think you think this was a little bit ahead of its time? I mean, this is something I, I would expect to, to see, maybe like on AMC or something like that. But for NBC, yeah. man, how how did they get away with this? Well, I know originally the this, this show, I, I guess they aired it like super late at night. Mm-hmm. So there, there was that. But uh, you can tell where the money went in this show. Right. I think everything I think Brian Fuller definitely had a vision and I, I, I feel like that vision got put to camera very well because I, I love all the, the the camera shots and the, the the like I said the recreation of all the crime scenes and mm-hmm. just the, the the details and from everything from the scene the set the the characters and everything I think uh the budget was well spent, but it it does probably look like maybe the budget was high, and maybe uh, a lot of people felt like that's why the show got canceled because the the show was expensive. Ah, that could especially be... for network TV. Right? Yeah, I could kind of see that. Um, because I've now have you have you read any of the books? No. Yeah, I've I've read all the books, and they're not like you know super epic in scope. So, you know, we're not talking like um, a song of ice and fire here or anything like that where it's or the stand where it's uh, 700 to 1200 page books. So I, I think maybe they would average 300 to 400 pages at the most. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, you know, anytime you've got, you know, a character that's been written about this much and this in depth, I, I think it does lend itself better to a series than you know, just a quick in and out movie. So I'm intrigued, man, especially having seen this first episode, I'm looking forward to continuing this on, especially if you're telling me that there's a chance that they're going to do what they're doing with Dexter and, and, and bring it back. Um, now I, I guess we'll find out later whether Clarice Starling ever shows up in any of these episodes or not, or do you uh, know something I don't know. I, I'm not sure, but if I was sure, I'm not going to tell you. Ah, fair enough. Okay. Um, all right. So we started out with that opening scene, which is where, you know, he was kind of recreating the, the, the grisly murder in his mind. And we were getting to see it all uh, go through his head. And then we come to find out that they were, you know, he's in a, in a classroom teaching or lecturing for, I assume, college students and... Of course, in walks uh, an FBI agent. And uh, Morpheus. The, and, yes, Morpheus. <laughs> you beat me to the punch. <laughs> <laughs> Morpheus himself. What did, what did you think about that, that first meeting between those two? Um, 
I mean, Larry Fishburne is always great. Um, clearly, he knows what Will Graham is capable of. But there is something that has happened in Will's past. Okay. That he is not really wanting to return to the field. He's He's more suited for lecturing and teaching yeah uh, so went went through it's obvious he's gone through some something very traumatic then yeah and uh i do believe it, it, it gets revealed later by his uh his psychiatrist just i think he he had to fire his weapon on the field okay i think they believe uh, they mentioned that So this is one of those situations where, you know, you've got, I mean, we've seen this before, right? In different Mm -hmm. movies where you got somebody that used to be, that's obviously got a brilliant mind um, for whatever reason, they're kind of out of the game or they're, you know, either teaching or maybe on a lecture circuit, or maybe you'll have a character who's written like a best-selling book and that's all they're doing, right? Is going around and and touring with the book and autographing Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, up walks a, um, you know, very active agent that says, look, we need your help. Here's the deal. This is a big thing. You know, we know we know what you're capable of. We know what your talents are. We need you. Yeah. Um, so there, I think there's always, you know, this is this is obviously one of those tropes that you, we see quite a bit in these types of movies and TV shows where, you know, there was a traumatic event. He decided to get out of it, but yet it's so enticing and so tempting because that's what he is, right? That's what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, half of him kind of wants to, I guess, save himself from it, and half of him just can't fucking wait to get back in the game and, and help yeah, out. Exactly. Um, so the half that wants to get back into the game wins <laughs> as they... Uh, as they join forces, and um, I guess they go out to talk with uh, parents of one of the was it a I, I'm assuming a, a missing girl at that point when they went out to meet with the parents. Yeah, I believe it was uh, not the first, but yeah, it was uh, another missing girl. Okay, so it's like a string of of girls that they're assuming have been abducted, and they've uh, confirmed that. Some have been killed, and I, I guess others are, haven't been found at this point. Is that what you got out of it? Um, did, I think they did get found. Uh, weren't they, like, displayed in certain ways? Yeah, that's right. There was a scene, and that leads to the um, that, that leads to the uh, other agent that was working with Will Graham. Um, and it seemed like there was always tension between him and her. Mm-hmm. But she... Um, I guess what did she find like a a metal filing or something to give yeah, him a little that... yeah i think it was like a little shard of metal maybe the guy was a metal worker or something okay um so i guess that 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 kind of all led up led up to that now this is where th- this one scene confused me a little bit um and i was trying to figure this out maybe maybe you can help me or tell me what your impression of it was but uh, when he told the dad, don't come in here, don't come in here, right? And he goes mm-hmm. into the room and the girl's in there dead. Uh, 
was that really happening or was he reliving when she was killed and, and in that room? Yeah, I think it was happening. I believe they said that he, the killer, felt bad for what he did and tried to put the body back. Oh, that's right. That's right. And was this the one that had the uh, the, the certain body part that got put back in because it was uh, cancerous? I think so. Okay, so if I remember correctly, the the killer removed the liver and intended to eat it, but when they found out it had a tumor on it, they sewed the body part back into the corpse. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So now we're starting to get an idea of where we're going to be going with this show yeah. at this point. And I believe soon after that, they find another body displayed out in the field somewhere, and Will's quickly to acknowledge that this wasn't done by the same guy. It was done by a copycat. All right. So at this point, we've, we've definitely got multiple killers. Yeah. Okay. And so are you getting the impression that this is going to be an ongoing story throughout the entire season? Or do you think, you think we're going to be looking at more of, again, I'm coming in totally blind. This is my first episode to ever watch the show. Um, and that's probably why I never started it, because I was kind of worried it was just going to be a monster of the week type thing. Um, which which way are we going here, Brian? Are we, are we going ongoing storyline or are we going monster of the week? Uh, we could get a little bit of both. I, okay. I know there's going to be a battle of wits, which Will is not knowing it's Hannibal. But he knows that there is another killer out there. Oh, man. Well, since you brought that up, um, I've got to <laughs> talk about the moment that uh, Hannibal made a phone call yes. uh, to the suspect. What, 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 what was that all about, man? <laughs> why, why would he call him and warn him that, that they were uh, on their way? Like he said, it was a courtesy call from a fellow, I guess, uh, killer. <laughs> So it was like a prof- a professional professional call, huh? From one yeah. to from one to another. <laughs> so I think um, we you were talking about they had found a second body. Was that the one that they had um, determined that I guess there was a piece of an antler or something like that? So um, they kind of figured out that the body had been displayed on on deer antlers or something like that. Yeah. Now, what was that? I'm trying to think of the movie. <laughs> Help me out here. What What was the movie where the there was a pool table involved and the killer? Uh, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> yes. So this kind of gave me vibes of Silent Night, Deadly Night when, uh, when they got oh, to that part. <laughs> Linnea Quigley. That's right. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, man. All right. So I think after this is where we start getting into what you were alluding to earlier, Mm -hmm. um, where it becomes obvious that that Will Graham is having like uh, bad dreams and, you know, all sorts of like just, you know, freaked out memories and stuff like that. Yeah. Waking up in pools of sweat. He has to like the scene where he wakes up from a nightmare and he, he has to take his shirt off and lay towels down because he's just completely soaked 
<laughs> and AJ was watching was watching the episode with me, and she said, "Wow, that that reminds me of you, <laughs> because I'm a I'm a night sweater, <laughs> and so uh, some there's some nights that I'll have to change change my t-shirt or put a towel down like he did, so I can definitely relate to that." <laughs> <laughs> So this is uh, this all goes back to uh, the trauma that he's suffered in the past on the job, and like, is it? We don't want to give anything away, of course, but is there one? Was there one specific episode, Brian, or was this just? Does this all have to do just with the way his brain works and the fact that he is getting into having to get into these serial killers' minds, and you know, obviously suffering the the mental damage that would happen when you tend to do that or is it kind of like a mixture of the both i think a mixture of both i think um having to work these cases see these bodies recreate what the killer does i think it takes a toll on his mind and then eventually it just kind of builds up and then it sounded like he actually had to get in physically involved in a situation and I think it just that that moment just kind of broke him. So there's a lot going on here, and yes. uh, very damaged human being, but obviously a very talented human being. Yeah, the it's kind of one of those weird things where the the thing he's so good at is also the thing that that is like destroying him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes makes perfect sense, man. Um, a lot, a lot of people are like that, like workaholics and things like that, you know, or people yeah. like, for example, you get an attorney that's so damn good at what they do that they're in the office, you know, 80 hours a week and they're, you know, out with clients and they're lying for people that they know committed murders and stuff like that. That, that shit's got to weigh down on you and hurt your, your home life, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure it's very hard to stay, to stay married <laughs> when you're when you're taking all that on your shoulders like that. Yeah, he doesn't, well, he, he kind of seems like he's not really very sociable either. Like, he he mm-hmm. likes to be alone. He looks like he lives out in the middle of nowhere, and he rescues a lot of dogs. And Oh, yeah, I'd totally forgotten about that part of it. So, yeah, he uh, kind of brought can- it up. Brought a new friend home, huh? Yeah, it seems like it's easy. It's more easy for him to interact with 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 the dogs than it is actual people. I can see that, and I'm sure that that uh, that's going to come into play a lot as we as we take this journey together through the series. All right, so now we're getting to the um, let's let's get back to Hannibal Lecter a little bit. So, as you said, the man the man does prepare a meal. I mean. You know, yes. I could see this guy as a as a chef at a three Michelin star restaurant or something. You know, um, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but is he kind of using the using this as cover <laughs> to to be a copycat killer <laughs> and kind of throw the blame on somebody else as he enjoys his liver and fava beans? Yeah, I I would suspect that he. <laughs> uses the cover of many different killers to satisfy his needs. <laughs> yeah, this is going to get pretty interesting, man. So, um, 
we're we're getting. I think we're going to get into a monumental battle battle of wits here between these two. I can't wait to see how Lawrence Fishburne's character interacts um, <laughs> with, with these guys, and I'm wondering if there's going to be more stuff going on down the road. I, I'm sure there's going to be lots of twisty turnies. I would suspect as yeah. we move forward here. Twisty Turney's uh, introduction to characters that I'm not familiar with the books that I, but I know from from the movies. Uh, we'll get some other characters. All right. Well, the last, uh, or well, I guess one of the last things that I wanted to talk about, which we kind of alluded to it earlier, where uh, Doctor Lecter made that wonderful courtesy call to his fellow sociopath there. Mm-hmm. Um, man, what a <laughs> what what a fucking mess that turned into, huh? When they showed up at the house, good lord. Yep, and uh, another situation that made Will Graham uh, get involved again. Mm-hmm. And it's, but I I also believe that it kind of was planned, so Hannibal could further keep his cover. Because he was, even though he 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 warned the guy, he also was there to ins- mm-hmm. as- assist in apprehending him and helping the yes. girl. So it it really looked good on his part. Yeah. So he's further ingratiating himself with uh, with Fishburne and with Will Graham. That's <laughs> a Fishburne. What's Fishburne's character's name? Uh, Crawford. There you go, Crawford and Graham. So he's ingratiating himself. With them, he's making himself more valuable to them. Um, he's kind of playing both of them. Yeah, uh, he even went to, as far as to stay all night with the with the girl in the hospital in her room. Okay, was that? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. See, I don't know how to. I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. Did he actually have? You know, feel. I mean, he's a multi layered character for sure. Um. But do you think that was just disingenuous to make it appear as though he cared? Or do you think he, you know, honestly, somewhere deep down inside, he, you know, cared about this young lady? Uh, I think that. a little little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's keeping up appearances, but I think he only kills certain people, I think. I don't think he wishes everybody dead. So I think a little, there's probably something a little bit there. But I think mostly it was for her parents. Very interesting, man. All right. Well, because I, I know mean, we're... going going back to the ambulance or before the ambulance got there, he he didn't have to like hold her you know, his hand over her wound to stop the bleeding. You know, I think it, the, a little bit of both. I think he was trying to save her, but at the same time keeping up appearances. Man, this is this is going to be a wild ride, Brian. Um, if this first episode has anything to tell us, uh, they put they put a lot of thought into these characters. Um, I, I'm not too familiar with the with with the guy who's playing Will Graham, man. Um, I think he's a young British chap, right? Hugh Darcy is that yeah, uh, correct? Like, what are some of the things he's been in? He's been in Black Hawk Down. I'm looking at his... Uh, ah, okay, okay. He was in that uh, one movie with uh, 
Scarlet Witch, uh, Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. So was he a member of the cult, or was he someone outside the cult in that movie? I have not seen that movie in like since it came out. Okay, all right, I got you. I haven't seen it in a while either. It's a good movie. Um, yeah, he's been that, in some stuff. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, I think we've got a you know we've got a good cast here. It looks like if we can if we can stay on track. Um, if the rest of the episodes are written as well as this one, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, as far as you know, how many are we looking at? Please tell me we're not looking at like 24 episodes a season here. I'm looking it up right now. I, I don't think they maybe 10, 13. See, that's perfect. Which is kind of like what you get now with most of the streaming series and stuff like that. Yeah. So, if that's the case, this show is a little bit ahead of its time then. So, what do we have? Ten, ten episodes a season? or uh, First episode is 13. So, they, they, okay. it looks like they can range from 10 to 13 episodes a season. Perfect. All right. We're not, we're not going Flash or Arrow where it's like 30 yeah, episodes. Yeah, that's exactly what turned me off all those CW shows, man. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. I, I can't believe I'm sticking with Walking Dead, man, but I'm I'm almost there, Brian. I'm that close, so I got to at least see the main show through. Yeah, I'll probably get caught up just to 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 be there with you when it when it all ends in 5 years. Yeah, it's been quite a journey. <laughs> 5 years from now. <laughs> It's going to be a five-year-long season. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They keep keep talking about all these spinoff shows. I'm like, well, let's let's finish the main thing first. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I don't control Walking Dead. All right. Well, as as I said earlier, I can't remember if it was before or after we were recording, but it it it's pretty obvious from the Wikipedia page that we got that update from and some of the other things I've seen. There's a huge fan following, so I know we're not going to rate each individual episode. Uh, you and I decided we're going to give a rating at the end of each season. Yeah. Um, so, um, unless you have any final things to say about this one, I was going to get into a few little pieces of trivia and then sign out. What do you think? Uh, no, I think uh, that's it. Great first episode. Um looking to really looking forward to tackling this with you it's gonna be a lot of fun man so we're our plans are to do this weekly yes. so uh we'll be releasing this show every week until we we finish up and then hopefully by the time we uh get to the final episode of of, of season three they will have announced uh a new season or at least a movie so hopefully. um i do want to co cover a couple pieces of trivia before we okay. sign out, because there's some really interesting things here. So um, these are all from IMDb, where we get most of our trivia on the show. Hannibal Lecter, portrayed by Mads Mikkelsen, is listening to Box Goldberg Variations when he's first introduced. This piece of music is also playing in the Silence of the Lambs when Lecter murders the two officers in his cell. Oh, he wears that guy's face. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. All right, it gets weirder. You ready? Yep. Okay, there is a scene that took place in a red FBI bathroom in the episode. Hmm. 
that bathroom is almost an exact replica of the bathroom that appeared in Stanley Kubrick's film The Shining. Now that you mention it, it oh wow. That's crazy. All right, and then I've got to bring this up because we we talked about maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Uh, I think this confirms it. We must have missed where he actually said it in the episode, but final piece of trivia here. Will mentions, yes, indeed, that he falls on the Asperger's end of the autism spectrum. Uh, Hugh Dancy previously played a young man with the same exact disorder in a movie called Adam from 2009. So there you go. There you go. All right, so that's, uh, I guess that's our season one, episode one of uh, Hannibal. Um, so we're going to sign out. Any any closing words, Brian, or anything we want to say at the end of these? I uh, just want to say thank you to our patrons. Thank you for supporting us. Um, we're going to try to give you more content. Uh, just thank you for, for sticking with us throughout these years. Yeah, and man, I cannot tell you how good it feels, Brian, for us to be able at the end of all these shows to just simply say, go to www.thehorrorreturns.com and you will have links to literally everything Horror Returns. And boy, do we have some new stuff on the way. It, it, it's a real thing. It, it happened. All right, man. Um, I guess until uh, next week, patron patrons, thank you very much, and uh, we're signing out. Oh,